I don't so, know why my voice isn't projecting right now. Uh, so I think it's because I'm getting used to hearing myself. You're hearing yourself. Yeah. And you're like, I don't like this. It's like when you're hosting at a show and they have the monitors right in front of you uh-huh. at first. So you hear yourself more loudly than the audience does. Does, does that help? Do you still hear oh, yourself? Oh, yeah. Can you hear Do I, I sound better now? No, you sound the same. It's just... I can't hear myself. You can't hear yourself. Yeah. Is that better for you? Ooh, that's a good point. Is it better? You tell me, does it sound better? It doesn't change how it sounds. Okay. It's just how you feel. Um, Let's just give it a run through. Let's just do this. Let's let's see how... This is the, the pilot episode, right? This is the pilot episode, ladies, gentlemen, everyone in between. Welcome to the first episode of After Two Tequila Shots. My name is Chibi. My name is Booster. And this is a current event podcast where we're going to talk about whatever's going on after two tequila shots. Let's go, people. Let's go. The pilot episode, the launch. <laughs> Full disclosure, we've been talking about doing like a um, a podcast for a while, mostly because Rooster and I will just kind of like hang out and then start talking shit, and then it it evolves into very very uh, interesting conversation. It, um, it began over a conversation about Selena. Oh yeah. That's where it started. Oh, yeah, where I was like, I wasn't really into Selena. Mm. And uh, I totally lost my uh, my Latino card that day. It's okay. We lose them from time <laughs> to time. Is it, here's a question for you. Is, use, is preferring sriracha over salsa losing your Latino card worthy? Because I'm not going to lie. I'll be putting up mad sriracha on okay. my tacos. So my husband like travels with sriracha. Oh yeah. So I've never quite looked at it as like an it, it's never been an either or uh-huh. situation for me. It's an and. Okay. So I'm so, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can do Your sriracha. Selena thing though, that's that was flagrant. That was legit. I was uh f- uh, for some background, I was uh, a punk rock emo kid. Yeah. And uh hated all things mainstream. Um I was also gay so i definitely sat by my window with my little walkman and my headphones because i'm dreaming of you tonight still tomorrow that totally happened i was like "Mm, i'm so in love selena you hit me but that was english selena that's the thing too I, uh, so you weren't like El Chico del Apartamento No, not until I grew up uh, uh, Because also Anybody that knows me knows that I uh, Grew up in Laredo, Texas Which is 98% Mexican, 2% everything else And I wanted to be as American as possible mm. So I was so I don't want to listen to Spanish music I don't do cumbias I'm done with mariachi No, that's the thing You know, it was like it's, 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 Which has led to some really interesting poetry In my adult life mm-hmm. But I was very anti-anything Mexican Because I wanted to be American And depending on where you live I think there's a huge Like conflict As far as like your Americanness Because you and I talk about this a lot I being raised in Central Texas Where it was the complete opposite It was like 2% Mexican (laughs) 98% everything else Yeah Like you And it wasn't just me It was also like Indian Americans Asian Americans Korean Americans Where like your culture Really gets picked on Mm -hmm. Like oh you have tacos for lunch Or oh you have kimchi for lunch Yeah And it's like Well you have peanut butter and jelly 
and you don't realize you're like, <laughs> how is that any better at <laughs> all? You know what I mean? Like you, you don't, you don't think about it at the time, but you, as a kid, you're like, why am I the one left out and yeah. being weird? So there was this one time, uh, where I was, uh, with, uh, the guy I was dating at the time and we were tripping on acid mm. and got hungry and went to the kitchen to like make something. And I went and got my tostada and put a little sour cream on it, a little crema, mm. got my little ham to put on it. And he went and got his like bread and started making a sandwich. And he looked over at my tostada and made the most disgusting face I'd ever seen. And probably it was the acid. But mm. I immediately broke down, started crying. and was like, you're racist. You <laughs> hate my Mexican self. And what is happening right now? And yeah. like totally lost it because it he he was white um sure. he was white uh and so it was this moment of like oh shit we're so different no yeah and then there was also a socioeconomic thing because like for me it was lunchables like i my parents weren't buying me lunchables but all the <laughs> kids had lunchables or uh -huh. you know things like that so it's like oh that's what you, i mean capitalism it's you're it's, you have children jonesing for things the same way adults do yeah but we don't really necessarily think we that. are not even 10 minutes into this podcast and we are already talking about capitalism and we haven't even kicked <laughs> off the intro we haven't even kicked off the, let's try this again let's try this again ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen it's the this pilot. is after two tequila shots with chibi and rooster who the fuck are chibi and rooster if you don't know you're about to find out we launching <laughs> Okay, no, for real. Um, let's talk about this tequila. Uh, just because, yeah. you know, it's after two tequila Espalon? shots. Espolón? Espolón. Uh, blanco. Blanco. From Mexico? From, uh, uh, allegedly, San Jalisco. Diego. Ah. You prefer the chilled tequila. Oh, 100. I'm always room temp. That's disgusting. I mean. I mean, it's not disgusting. No, yeah. But, but it's like, because like. This is one thing in our over the course of our friendship is how many chilled tequila shots I've had <laughs> in your in your company. I also typically sip tequila, uh -huh. but for the purposes of this podcast, we are shooting it. Yeah, uh, because the idea behind this podcast, uh, anyone that's still listening eight minutes in, <laughs> is we're going to take two shots of tequila and then uh, we're going to talk about what's going on in the world. And um, because of the said shots of tequila, uh there may be more than two shots of tequila. Yeah, we, we're, we're keeping it uh, on ice, right? Right, you know, here. Yeah. We're keeping it on ice, and uh, it's all inhibitions are thrown to the wind so we can get it as real as possible, okay? Yes. This is, this is like where people, what, what was the real world tagline? Well, where people stop being polite. And, and start, start getting, getting real. Yes. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, we have to come up with a tagline for the show. There's a few that yeah. have been. So I, I, as you can tell, if you're listening to this still, we have no idea what we're doing, uh, but it's going to be a good time. Uh, let's get into some major news events recap and talk about what's been going on this week. What's been going on this week? Time for the major news events recap. Okay, numero uno. Numero uno. Numero uno. Um, you have the Grammys. I do. Okay. Let's get into it because I have a lot of thoughts. But <laughs> I'm 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 Grammy excited. Like I'm award show excited always. Like award show season gets me really hyped up, and I love watching it and all the pre shows and the runways and all that. And so this year I watched the Grammys from like 
2 o'clock in the afternoon to 11 o'clock at night. All of it. All of it. Got All it. of it. I watched the pre-ceremony. I watched the it's run. It's your Super Bowl. It's, it, yeah, fuck the Super Bowl. Um, and a lot of really great things happened at the Grammys and a lot of really fucked up things happened at the Grammys. So uh, go. No, you go because, so yeah, I, it's, I am the opposite. It's, I. You don't so, give a shit about no, the no, Grammys. No. Well, no. So I have to start this way, which is that. I thought we were all collectively fucked the Grammys. <laughs> and then it, and then for some reason on Twitter and social media, everyone had Grammy takes. Uh-huh. So I was like, wait, why do we have Grammy takes about the thing that we're not for? Like, what's happening? And so this is why I say I may struggle with this thing, because I either have a, I do have a lot to say on it, but I may have nothing to say because fuck the Grammys. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, so you, 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 I think it's interesting because like off. you are very music invested. Oh, I love music. You love music yeah. and you you get like deep in the like the deep yeah. cuts of the music. You like you're you're highly musically intelligent. Thank you. Which is why I thought the Grammys would be a good subject to like kick sure. things off. So, um The bands I like are not on the Grammys. That is true. Yes. Or they're in the pre they're not. ceremony. They're not even they're not in the pre even ceremony. No. 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 Uh, but it's not to say that I don't I love pop music and pop music is something that you and I talk about at length, but mm-hmm. also that I talk about just generally because I've, Ooh, I forget the name of the Twitter account, but there was this uh, Twitter account that talked specifically about pop music through the lens of social justice okay. and was saying pop is political and yes. we need to also look at it like that. So you have things like the Sam Smith performance, yes. you have Harry Styles winning over Beyonce and bad bunny. Yes. You have bad bunny, which I have a lot of hot takes on. Be prepared for that. Okay, let's 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 so let's you lead off. Let's go back to where you started with was uh, Sam Smith. Okay, and Kim Petras. Yes, Sam Kim Petras, the first openly trans woman to win a Grammy. Yeah, uh, there was a trans woman that did win a Grammy before, but was not open about it at the time. But it's the first one in a major like pop category too. Um, and that performance with whips and chains and, uh, I was living for it. The performance? Yeah. yeah. With the devil. With the devil. Okay. Let's talk about that. I didn't think it was that groundbreaking for the backlash. I think it looked phenomenal, but like, didn't, um, what's his name? Lil Nas X do something similar. So this is what I love about our, our dynamic is that I don't actually know anything that happened after the Grammys. Oh, okay. Bet. Tell me about the backlash. No. So, uh, first there was the humongous conservative wave. Okay. Of. Sure. They're teaching Satanism to children. Sure. They're indoctrinating into homosexuality. Because BDSM is Satanism. All of that. Right. Which is not. And, and then the, the sad part is, is that. I they there was zero almost zero actual artistic deconstruction of what does it mean? What does it mean for homosexuals and trans individuals and LGBTQ members to who who even approach faith or or have religious yeah. backgrounds and then be demonized, literally demonized, literally expelled expelled, yeah. and then also like you're going to hell. Yeah. So flipping that on its head and okay, fine, this is the performance. Yeah. So there was zero not a whole lot of conversation about There's that. There's no nuance right. to the conversation. It's just, oh, it, it was more taken as this is Hollywood pushing uh uh, uh the buttons of, of Christians. Okay. Which is this weird thing that Christians like to do anyway. And if you're a Christian, shout out to you. However, y'all be feeling hella like we're under attack all the time. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. no, you're good. You're fine. You're absolutely fine. I actually saw uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye last night on the plane um, for the first time. And I was like, oh, 
Okay. It's a whole life. Oh, yeah. Uh, and a whole nother conversation. Um, but I, I will agree with you in that I don't feel like the performance was necessarily like revolutionary sure. in any which way or groundbreaking or like, oh, my God, this has never been done before. But it was emotionally impactful in a way where, you know, I mean, I don't think we've ever had an open, a, any trans individual perform on a Grammy stage. I don't think. I, I don't know. I I would argue probably. Well, because see, here's the thing is like, this is the other part of the backlash, et cetera, et cetera, is it's like there's especially in 2023 that pisses me the fuck off is I'm tired of this, this, this new indoctrination of children or this new indoctrination. Like now there's a, now you got shows like euphoria and you got all these shows. They're, uh -huh. they're, they're extra gay everywhere. I can't turn away from it. It's too loud. Right. Uh -huh. But like, again, it's just Elton John was like very gay <laughs> for a very long time. Yeah. But you know, had to just, just not say gay. But yeah, it was the, it was the, uh uh, Liberace ca castrated version exactly. of homosexuality. And now right? it's just no longer that. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, because straight people have been very openly sexual for a very long time. So, like, let it, you know, I mean, yeah, BDSM. That's what we're into. So are you. Yeah. Get over it. Madonna's been pushing that for a long time, uh -huh. you know, for the heteros. Yeah. Well, she got the same pushback, though. But know? a lot of it's more that anti feminist sort of like trying to control a woman in in her mm. sexuality mm. and her ability to have multiple partners and she's a slut and slut shaming and all that we don't slut shame in this house we At also all. don't kink shame in this house whatever whatever it is you do do it as long as it does it for you and it's consensual and it's consensual and the performance felt very consensual yeah and uh, i think they were you know it was it was kind of like a stake in the ground i felt like here yeah. we are accept it and move the fuck on because sam smith is now non-binary right uh yes okay so i also feel that sam is doing that sort of re re uh, whatever piloting re introduce introducing mm -hmm. to the greater public mm -hmm. because we all know sam smith from save or what i don't even remember that song uh stay with me yeah stand stand stay stay, stay with me stay with me great yes. song yeah uh and then maybe like one or two others and i'm sorry to sam smith fans <laughs> Ooh. You just you just totally brushed off one of the greatest you know like vocalists queer vocalists Great of our time uh, as like I don't really know what he sings what yeah. they sing um, <laughs> but this this it's this reintroduction it's it's and and also this reintroduction as a you know um, larger bodied person sure embracing body positivity. I'm like, I just saw pictures of him at the Brit Awards, which I think are happening yeah. right now in this like Gareth Pugh esque, like latex skin tight thing yeah. where it's like people would tell like, Oh, you of that size should not be wearing those kinds of clothes, right? Mm -hmm. You should try and hide how big you are and all your folds and rounds and all of that. And he's like, no, this is who I am. They, they're like, no, this is who I am. This is how I feel. This is who I'm going to be. And I think it's the intersection of those two. Cause right. We have Lizzo, who is 100% body positive, and everyone's like, yay, Lizzo! Well, Lizzo gets hell, too. And, uh, everyone gets hell. True. You're in, the, you're in the depths of Twitter, so you see all the hell. True. Um, but there's Lizzo, who's like, yeah, we, you know, we praise her body positivity because she's like a black woman embracing her, you know, her large size. And then we have Sam Smith, because, like, I feel like all the digestible queer... Uh, quote celebrities for lack of a better term in the mainstream are 
I don't want to say cookie cutter queers, but they mm. are, you know, they're they fit, fit they're clean cut, sure. they're, you know, they're walking around in suits or whatever, you yeah. know, like they're the passable, digestible, digestible, the new neutered, palatable, palatable. Noodle, neutered is the word. Castrated feels a bit ab- uh, abrasive, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> neutered. Yeah. Um, but then there's also the, the marketing and capitalism like element of it, too, which is like. There's a lot of, and then again, going back to the backlash, it's just like, oh, they're doing this because it's edgy. Mm. But again, it's Mm. like, is it edgy or is it pushing boundaries versus like edgy for clout, I think are two different things. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that what Sam Smith is doing is artistic. Yeah. So is it my jam? Not really, but I, I understand the artistic value of it and I can appreciate it for what it is and then walk away. Whereas I feel like. Especially it's now, not performative. Right. Is what is what I'm getting. And I completely agree. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what else with the Grammys? Uh, let, what, what was the next Bad thing you brought Bunny. up? Bad Let's Bunny. Talk Let's talk about Bad Bunny. Benito. Yes. Benito. For, what can the understand? So I have a problem with with Benito. <laughs> oh, shit. We're about to get canceled, y'all. No. Like, <laughs> I got the Latinos are going to come after me. Yeah. And I'm going to lose my Latino card. Okay. Love Benito. Okay. But... I feel like, and I realize this happens a lot of times in music and and sports and a lot of things, most of the part, which is you have 20 to 25 year old demographics who know not, who do not know about 30 years ago. Okay. I think Ricky Martin had a better Grammy performance with the Uh, cup of life uh and it had a higher degree of difficulty because those were dustier Mm -hmm. older white people who had no idea what they were there for and he had them all bouncing off the walls by the end of it it was just wildly different i will say that i did get emotional over the fact that we opened the grammys with bad bunny sure um I will completely agree that Ricky Martin's performance was ridiculously more groundbreaking and exceptional and uh, the, the, engaging. The Latin, uh, all of it. Uh, uh, invasion that happened in the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. I think did, Ricky, Shakira, J Lo had Lopez, a thing. Yeah. Enrique, like one hundred percent. I think the the contrast here or the difference here is that that was kind of like. Uh, Latino music, like Latin American, like Mexican American mm. kind of, you know, fusion of Latino. And this is island Caribbean reggaeton, you know, very Afro Caribbean inspired beats music. Sure. Like it's, I would want, I would go as far as to say that they are different genres. But I would push back on that because you can even go further back into the 60s and 70s and you can say Celia Cruz. Mm-hmm. You can say even Harry Belafonte brought a lot of that Afro-Caribbean. Yeah, and I would put that in that category. Right. So, it, But that's, I guess that's my thing about it is I feel like when we say groundbreaking, I think especially especially on social media spaces, there's this, this amnesia or this sort of lack of recognition of, uh-huh. of the past because you have louder voices who 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 are just excited and are swept up in the moment. And I think that's a great way to put it. It's okay to be swept up in the moment. Yes. No one's knocking that. But I think that only happens if you are trying to pair them into the one larger umbrella of like sure. Latin music period, which I think lacks the nuance of like, but this is groundbreaking for reggaeton. Well, when are we going to talk about the fact that Latin American music is bigger than American music? I it, Globally, yeah. I don't think we need Just, to, I don't yeah. think we need to talk about it. You can look at the numbers. You, absolutely you can look can. at the sales, you can look at the views, yeah. you know, like you can look at Despacito. You can look at 
one of my favorite Latin American artists of all time is Ruben Blades. He was mm -hmm. a, a poet, activist, poli politician, mm -hmm. and musician from Panama who... In America, his biggest claims of fame were was being an actor and things like uh, Return of the Walking Dead or what was the other one? Uh -huh. Not not Walking Dead, but the second one. Oh yeah, the yeah, yeah. He was yeah, on yeah. that. He was in Predator Two, got killed by the alien okay. and stuff like that. And in a weird way, it would be like if Beyonce was in uh, like uh, a novella from Mexico <laughs> and yeah. like you know just kind of just and it's like, but Americans we have this xenocentric kind of way of looking at things where it's like Latin American music breaks into here yeah. when literally it's just banging next everywhere. door. Absolutely everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ruben Blades in any room mm -hmm. is is famous for so much more than like side roles. Exactly. In. So I, I, I get that and I think that's part of what the the performance and the even the nomination of like Bad Bunny being nominated for the greatest, sure. the, the, the top uh, award of the night Uh is a big deal versus what we have like the Latin Grammys, right? That's right. a whole separate event, a whole separate set of categories and all that jazz. And all so it being part of and acknowledged like, oh, this is actually a big fucking deal. Uh, and I think and we, we should have been there sooner. Yeah. I think Ricky's album should have had album of the year in 2000 mm -hmm. when it came out. Mm -hmm. okay. That thing was everywhere. So let's talk about album. Living La Vida Loca was fucking huge let's yes it was and uh, i hate that i'm wearing such a large cape for ricky martin right now because i was really more of an enrique fan if I'm honest. yeah like bailamos was my shit uh, <laughs> bailamos. rhythm divine was great i don't know what that sound was what i was going for <laughs> that's what i was going for um so let's talk about album of the year then um yeah. and who won Four times now, Beyonce has been nominated yeah. for Album of the Year and okay. not gotten it. But we also may have to talk about the voting process because mm -hmm. this also happens with Oscars. Yes. Where it's like, because as, as far as I know, I could be wrong. Audience, if you're listening, please email us with the correct information. We will check this out later. Please. After two tequila shots at gmail.com. That's two, the number two. Yes. <laughs> but the way I ha I th believe the, the voting goes is... It's almost like a, a, it's it's like first, second, third, like they've ranked, ranked, okay, voting. So yes, if a lot of people are, especially if you have Bad Bunny and 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 Beyonce at the same time, sure, earning a lot, they split that vote, and then someone like a Harry Styles would win. Did you listen to the Harry Styles album? Yes. Before the Grammys. Yes. And I fuck with it. I mean, yeah, but and let's but the same as it was was everywhere. Was it? It was. It was in like Urban Outfitters. It was in Target. It was like in HEB. I'm so disconnected from pop culture, but uh, I agree that yeah. it's good. Yeah, I fucks with it, but Renaissance is it her best work? I don't even categorize it that way because honestly, like self titled is my favorite Beyonce album. Uh, sure, but did it do? more than did it do more than bad bunny did it do more than bad bunny did it do more than harry styles i don't think it did more than bad bunny i probably agree there but harry styles is the one that won but if they split the vote then i could see why harry won mm. harry is that like <clears throat> without a doubt third uh-huh you see what i mean uh -huh, like uh -huh. harry is that without a doubt third behind them 
Gotcha. And that's what I'm saying. Does that mean that it's better? No, but when they split the vote, it climbs. Okay, we need clarification as to how yeah. uh, the recording Academy votes and whether that process needs to be completely uh, revamped like our Electoral College needs to be completely demolished. And um, Yeah. I think- what about, <laughs> oh, but do you know about the Harry Styles backlash? No. Okay, so again, Harry gave his <laughs> word speech mm-hmm. and said something that has been classified as tone deaf, which is, uh, he goes on stage and says something to the effect of, you know, awards like this doesn't don't really happen for guys like me. And then the backlash came. It was like, what do you mean, guys like you literally white men win all the time? Yeah, Um, I'm going to say it. I'm taking the stance and maybe this is a hot take. I think he's swept up in the emotions. He's a product of like a single mom. He's he was he was in a boy band. Sure. You know what I mean? Like they, they got their start on on not like Justin Timberlake, how his his band was formed by mm-hmm. producers and stuff like that. <clears throat> he had to win an award show to go there. I think it's just swept up in the moment, but it has been sort of really deconstructed as this. This is very tone deaf of Harry. What's wrong with Harry? Yeah. And I also think some of the hard feelings about like Bad Bunny should have won. Beyonce should have won is are coupled into that. OK, OK. Um, I'm seeing because it sounds like he was very much like. I've worked so hard to get to where I am in my life and I never thought I would be here. Mm-hmm. And like, I can think back to like my friends and the, my peers around me when I was like coming up in this industry and how like, you know, it's a one in a million chance to get here, mm-hmm. but also white privilege. Sure. You know, like, I, we, and so I will agree with you on the fact that like the emotions of the moment are probably like, this is the only thing I'm thinking about is like my history, right? My lived experience and where I come from and like 100% valid in the aftermath of it. It's like, but you had white privilege. Sure. 100%. So no. Also Beyonce, bad bunny. No. Yeah. 1000. Uh, speaking of the electoral college, uh, did you watch the state of the union? I caught parts. Okay. Um, what are are our feelings on, on uncle Joe? And do you need your second tequila shot? Sure. There you go. Boom. Uh, Rooster's trying to do this, like, no drinking February thing, and I'm apparently ruining his life right now. A little bit. By uh, forcing these tequila shots on him. I'm drinking tequila and coffee at the moment. Ah! My body told me a long time ago, salute. Salute. You can have liquor or you can have coffee. You can't have both. Um, Choose one. So uh, I made my I made my piece a long time ago. Uh, Uncle Joe, I think one of the big problems I have with with Joe and specifically with the State of the Union, Joe really, really still believes in democracy, the idea Mm -hmm. bipartisanship, the idea. Mm -hmm. And he was really touting that a lot. And I think that this is, again, I mean, Something that Democrats have to come to terms with. Bipartisanship really does not work in the greater political power structure that we're under. Mm -hmm. And it's become this thing where, like, Republicans fight very dirty. They fight very uh, aggressively. They sandbag progress. Mm -hmm. Uh, They fight more culture wars and actually come up with uh, uh, Policies. policies. And I think... Joe Biden's outdated sense of thinking is going to hurt everything. And, and beyond hurt, it's going to lead to an action. We're just going to see nothing, yeah. nothing for the next two years. And then his 
whole idea of let's continue, let's finish the job. That was what he kept saying, right? Let's finish the job. Let's finish mm. the job. This idea of like, you know, like I've got more work to do. Joe, uncle Joe, it's time for you to retire. Like I, I hate the prospect of going into 2024 with a Biden Trump election again, because it's, it's just, it's lackluster, right? Uh, it, it feels unmotivated. It feels like we're not going to get anything done, which in 2020, the idea of a calm, passive, lackluster government was a blessing. Mm. Cool. We got that. We've got our respite from the years 2016 to 2020, mm -hmm. but now it's like, okay, but now we have to do something, right? Right. Like a... Yeah. Let's go. And I don't think Joe's going to take us anywhere. I think that's a very valid point. <laughs> I think that when, so in the late 90s, 2000s, it was just business of the day. Mm -hmm. It was make sure the debt ceiling passes, try and lower some debt, make sure public works work, things like that. Then we had 9-11. Then we're at war. Then that lasted 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. And now over the course of that, we have very dire things like climate change, mm -hmm. like police reform, um, gun reform, gun reform, oh. you know, these issues of the day that we can't have passive leaders looking at incremental legislation. Mm -hmm. And I think that right now, especially Democrats, they're still trying to appeal to a broader spectrum of people and trying to appear as the, I hate to say, use the word sane, but the like, Calm, right. rational, every, you know, we can have a conversation. We're civilized people. And it's like, no, okay, ladies, let's get in reformation right now. We yeah. need to like completely reform the system and have some radical change because uh, these motherfuckers over here are crazy. Right. They're one of the other big things of the, the State of the Union was the sunsetting of Medicaid, oh. and, Medicare and uh, Social Security. I lived for that moment. Right. And it's and, you know, <clears throat> for those who didn't catch it, the Republicans were very upset that Joe hinted that Republicans are against Social Security <laughs> and Medicare when they absolutely are. It's like they're on record. Yeah. Um. So, again, like they want to strip away social programs for the benefit of richer wealthier individuals mm -hmm. and i'm sorry the majority of listeners but you are a part of the 99 yeah yeah and oh, fuck i forgot the the quote of the tweet damn i we we were trying to not cuss and i think i've dropped like seven f-bombs it's, it's the tequila um yeah unfortunately the government as as it is set up we are not just endorsing capitalism but like actively working to keep the status quo as it is. And I think Joe, Uncle Joe, uh, as um, calm and docile as he appears, is just part of the status quo. It's just more of the same. And I think that's, you know, like that's what happened with Hillary, mm -hmm. uh, where it was like more of the same. Democrats are just giving us more of the same when I think the reason that Trump did so well when he did well is that he was something completely different, mm -hmm. completely different from what everybody had seen before. And Democrats are just being like, hey, but, um, you know, we're here. Hello, Nancy Pelosi. You know, like a lot of the same when what we're needing is some AOC is some, you know, just complete. Some Ilya Omar. Yeah. Yeah. Change the system. 
Think of something new. Some Betos. I feel so bad for Beto. <laughs> oh, Beto. Beto can't help but lose. I know. We could get him on the pod at this point. I, we just started, and I'm pretty positive we could get Beto. Beto, on this if Beto's people are listening, uh, we would love to have you. Um, uh, I am a huge fan of the Mars Volta and at the drive-in. Uh, so is Rooster. Uh, we know you know Omar, uh, and we're we're in a band together. Like, uh, come on the podcast. Um, Mars Volta is releasing a new album, actually, and I don't know how I feel about that. I'm excited. Okay, I. The, oh, one of my questions to our mutual friend Shaggy was: Is Mars Volta American Radiohead? Ooh. I um. No, in the sense that I don't think they got the recognition that Radiohead has gotten, like like the clout and the level, mm-hmm. but musically. They are beyond anything that I've ever heard and are probably like to watch them live. Have you ever seen the Mars no. Volta live? Oh, shit. To watch them live is to see creation mm-hmm. happening in the moment. Like they're just living in the moment and are such talented musicians. All 47 of them that are on stage are so talented to the point where like they can just make like they vibe. It's 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 jazz, but in rock. But. So you're excited about the album. I And now that we're talking about it. I don't know how I feel because the last couple of albums have been Okay. I was here for the first four. Sure. And even at the fourth one, I was kind of like, I don't know how I feel about this. And then definitely not. And I think maybe part of what killed it was the last time that I went to see the Mars Volta was in like a seated theater mm-hmm. right it was a theater with like, it was very trans-siberian orchestra yeah. and not like and not in the pit not the way i experienced them one time uh where it was uh austin music hall i think yeah. it was called the austin music hall uh i was definitely on you know like two tabs of acid and a few grams of shrooms sure. and like it was just as you should as you Mars should be Walter. And it was just this wildly organic experience where we are all there and moving and vibing and everything versus this like, I'm sitting and watching the Mars Volta perform and I'm like, what is this? Mm. And so I think near the end there, and and I I had heard that um, uh, Omar Rodriguez Lopez uh, was saying like, kind of like why he retired at the drive-in was like, I've taken this band and this style of music as far as it can go. And now I just feel like I'm repeating myself. So like, I don't want to do it anymore. Right. Constantly looking for like something new. And I see where like, they're probably exploring different options, but like nothing compares to like those first three albums. No, they were fantastic. (sighs) Okay. We went off, uh, we went on a tangent there, but it was worth it. Totally. Uh, The Last of Us. Did have you, you watched that? Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Okay. I bang with that one. Tell I haven't me. seen the last, last one. Uh, the one that came out on Friday because it's Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, I think I'm... Uh, I'm on episode... We, we haven't seen that. Four? Four. Four. The one after the gay one. Yes. Let's talk about the gay one. Oh, it was great. The acting. Let's talk about Ron Swanson. What's his, that actor's real name? Uh, I do not know him, but uh, I love that white man. Nick, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. No, both both Nick Offerman and uh, ¿Cómo se llama el otro? Uh, uh, Murray Bartlett. Yes. Whom we've only seen mostly in like comedic roles. I'm. I'll take your word. I've never seen that way uh, before. Uh, Nick Offerman, I think, was in Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Yeah. Yeah. And Murray Bartlett, infamously, uh, is the White Lotus. 
Oh, season okay. one. See, I need to watch that. Oh, you I'm, need to watch White it's Lotus. It's in the hopper. Okay. For sure. I'm, I'm on it. So only seeing them in comedic roles and to see these truly like genuine and just like so real. Like when Murray Bartlett was like, go take a shower. Yeah. I was like, ah! <laughs> my clit just got clicked. <laughs> it was a moment. It was no. a moment, right? And it just, it felt, uh, that's what I'm loving about The Last of Us. And that's what I'm loving about a lot of these zombie movies is that, uh, zombie stories is that it's not about the zombies. The, Nowadays, yeah. Yeah, it's about the people and right. how we live through it. And yeah. these two homosexuals were living. <laughs> no, 1,000%. I mean, the show itself... I, have you played the game at all? Because I know you're a gamer. No. When me. when we first bought our PlayStation, it came with uh, the PlayStation for free. It was part of it. And I suck at first-person shooters. Mm-hmm. I don't have the manual dexterity to succeed in those games. And so I just stopped playing it. And now I hate myself for it. I mean, that's totally fair. I mean, I don't play video games because I'm just very inept at them all now. I think also you are uh, obsessive. And if you started yes. playing video games, you would never put down that remote. I would never leave out the house. <laughs> yeah. And I'm always looking for reasons not to leave the house anyway. Video games would be terrible. <laughs> but no, I'm a big fan of Last of Us. Um, really enjoy. Pedro Pascal's having a moment. Mm, and I've been, I've been with him since Narcos, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was big in Narcos. I think that was my first expo. No, it was who, what Game came first? Game of Thrones came yeah. first. Game- see, I hadn't seen that. That that season of Game of Thrones okay. before Narcos. I had read I've I've read the Game of Thrones books uh-huh. well before the show came out, um, and when I saw him as Oberon, mm-hmm. I was a little. Mm, this is not who I pictured in my head when I thought of the character of Oberon, but then as the season played out, and especially when he died, it was like, oh fuck, bitch, you are. Um, 100% this character. And now, like you said, he's having a moment. He's having a daddy moment. The like Mandalorian. The, the queer... Saturday Night Live was awesome. Yes. Those were hysterical. I was catching them on YouTube. Um, but the queer community. They rock with him. Is eating him up. Sure. The straight community fucks with him. Uh-huh. On a daddy level. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Slutty daddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he is different than like the average celebrity because it's like oh you know he fucks Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and also because he's got this like sex appeal that where he's not conventionally handsome sure i'm like that might i don't think that's not ruggedly handsome not like symmetrically handsome no no he's got he's got a weird face but it's it works because of the way that like he carries himself and the Mm -hmm. way that he talks and the way that he just like owns his own sexiness like he's like yeah i'm I'm fucking sexy and what you know like you want to fuck i'll fuck (laughs) (laughs) totally totally here for his moment and uh totally here for his co-stars moment also Uh, from game of thrones doesn't uh san antonio claim pedro pascal isn't he from san Antonio? kind of kind of sort of we claim a lot of people that's the one thing about san antonio (laughs) that we have that we got to rectify in the future one we just need more stars that come from out of here and then two uh, we need to do not have such like a, 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 a like clingy like complex because <laughs> like, we want Selena, yeah, Selena Gomez is ours, Pedro Pascal is ours, <laughs> but when they're on 
on their shows, he's just like, I'm Chilean as fuck. Yeah, and like, yeah. yeah you're he, not, and he is, yeah. You're he's not like, from Santo. He's like, I'm from Chile. And it's like, oh, okay, fair. <laughs> it's like, but we love you. We love uh, you, Pedro. You are also invited to the podcast. Yes, please. If you ever want to come talk, um, we're uh, looking for tequila sponsorships. Uh, we have Espelon on today. Uh, not usually, but we'll see what we have next time. Um, speaking of world travel. Okay. I'll, <laughs> dude, you're killing the segue. It's like... Uh, Okay, so I I travel a lot for work. I work as a performing uh, poet, and so I have moments where, like, I am literally all over this country, and I travel a lot. And travel, for me, just feels like part of the job. You get you get on an airplane, you go on the airplane, you sleep, maybe you read. I don't know. If you're lucky, you get some work done. Um, but you recently told me that you love airports. Love them. Please elaborate. So <laughs> love of airports. As my husband comes into the room, uh, who hates flying and will be flying with us shortly. Seattle, AWP. That's if right. y'all are going to be there, we're going to be there. Um, um, you love airports. So I, I realized something cause you and I have traveled collectively uh -huh. a time or two or three or four. And I realized that you, I, I noticed the thing about you is you want to get to the place as quickly as possible yes. so you can get as comfortable there as possible. Yes. I, to me, that's not traveling. <laughs> that's, I'm there now. And like, that's, that's good too. It's like, you, you want to be places. Explain I'm there now. Like you want to be at that place. Yeah, you I wanna, get that. Yeah. But what do you mean when you what say What I'm saying it? is like, I can road trip and like, I love every, I like, Hey, we're at, um, like, I don't care how long it takes. I don't care if I'm cramped in the car. I got my headphones on. We're having conversations like this within the car. Uh -huh. We're talking about everything under the sun. Or I'm at the airport for a long, long time. I'm going to the Starbucks. I'm making friends with the baristas. Uh -oh. Like I'm, I'm in the magazine <laughs> shop. Like it's, it's, it's like I'm at the mall, but it's better than the mall because hey, at the end of this, I'm hopping on an airplane and I'm going somewhere else and I'm probably going to get drinks on the airplane. Yeah. You got the airport bar. Yeah. Which is hella overpriced, hella overpriced, <laughs> but a lot of fun. Yeah. Meeting people. Where are you from? Where are you from? Where are you from? Where are you going? Where are you going? Ah, this oh. is the Scorpio extrovert. I love. That's what we'll it see, is. But that's it. And it puts us, it creates the, the, the situation for those conversations uh -huh. that I absolutely love. Plus they're just, they, there's stores at, at airports, depending on which ones you go to. Sure. That you just don't have regularly. Sure. It's the it's the as a Fight Club put it, the single serving friends. Oh, one hundred percent. Right. Yeah. There's there's no commitment. There's no strings attached. It's just Go. like we're here in this moment oh, together. Yeah. And then oh, yeah. I mean, I've definitely had that with like the bartenders at the airport and things like that. Especially like when you're traveling at like odd hours when it's like dead and it's like I'm the one person at the bar having a martini at eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, <laughs> 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 Whoopsie. Um, but I understand that. Do you have a favorite airport? Ooh. Denver was really good. Damn. Yes, I was going to say. Same. Denver was really good. Denver's gorgeous. Uh, Fort Worth, Dallas, Fort Worth. It's it's huge. DFW. Yeah. it's But it's like. I, again, I hate it because it's so big. It's so big. But it's got a lot. Um, uh, Baltimore Airport is actually is swanky, that? sexy, chic, uh, I think streamlined. I've yeah. Super easy to get around and no matter which terminal you're in and then their whole like uh, car rental system where they like shuttle you to like the car rental complex. I'm here for. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm wearing the cape. I don't care. San Antonio has a nice airport. It's it's split up. It's split up in the A, 
B. I don't care. It's not big, it, but it, fair, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> but but the thing about it, you don't have the the headaches that you would at like an Atlanta Hartsfield, because the at, I, Atlanta Airport is not good. Damn, that's where I'm going. After Seattle, I'm going to Atlanta. Yeah, LAX bad. LAX bad. Uh, Do you? New let's York talk about bad. New York because we have we have LaGuardia, we have JFK. I go to Newark. We have New Newark. I go to Newark. Newark's S- my shit. Southwest doesn't fly to Newark. Uh, I'm a Southwest stand. I'm gonna go hit C. We're gonna hit SeaTac this year. I've never been to SeaTac. No, I don't think I've flown into Seattle yet either. Okay, we're gonna have an adventure. Uh, yeah. Tune back in in March when we talk about the Seattle airport at length. Uh, speaking of flying things, yes. Okay, so I wanted to talk about the the balloon, the Chinese balloon, but uh-huh. now you're bringing this. There's there's UFOs. So I this is how I know it was a big deal because my mother texted me <laughs> last night at nine a or nine p.m. and was like, "What's the deal? Why are, why are all these UFOs getting shot down?" And so a lot of times she she'll check in with me because she's just okay. older up in age and she's like. What are my thoughts on things? I don't understand. And, right. and I can't Google myself. Yeah. And then I, very much so. And so, and then I was like, what are you talking about, mother? And then I did the research. And apparently over the last three, four days, uh, three unidentified objects have been shot down over Canada, Alaska, and Montana. Uh, unidentified cylindrical objects. Canada hunting for debris of UFO shot down over Yukon. Latest flying objects shot down were likely balloons. There's that part. So uh, initially it was just like, oh, well, there's another balloon. But then there's been, especially I believe it was the one in Montana, that fighter pilots are like, no, this is something else. This has propulsion and so on and so forth. Uh-huh. Pin, put a pin in all that. Like there's not enough information to really state what they are or what it is, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. However, the government has come out and said UFOs, UAPs, as they are now known. Sure. Are real. Uh huh. These are real phenomena. Yes, but flying aircrafts that we cannot explain. Okay. Did you see the movie? Nope. Yes. Okay. I love that movie. Yes. Uh, they bring up a really good point, which is something that's been in my heart for a long time. Which is, if we know that you know that unidentified aircrafts are are out there, why are we not making a bigger deal of this? <laughs> Why? Because then, because we are in, we are inept and unable to well, connect. Let me ask another question. Why then are we not now reinvestigating and relooking at abduction stories? Why aren't we talking to the people who've been like, "Yo, I've had contact." Like, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if you daisy chain the truth of uh-huh. what's being. The truth is out there. Yeah. <laughs> like if you if you start daisy chaining this, you have to get to this point where it's like, let's talk to the people we've literally thrown to the side, called conspiracy theorists, called uh-huh. crazy. Uh-huh. And have you ever had a UFO experience? No. I'm curious. Uh, well, I don't know if it was a UFO or a shooting star, but I definitely saw something in the sky that was like, what the fuck was that? And just, shoom. okay. Um, it could have been a shooting star. I think I've had like two. Shooting star experience? No, like UFO. UFOs. Yeah. Of like something like hovering and then. Yeah. Phew, oh, yeah. Like, nope. Yeah. Uh-huh. One was with my dad. Okay. And like, I'll just tell this, that story real quick. One, it was just my dad. My dad is, so the thing about my dad is he's the most like salt of the earth, grounded individual you can ever find ever. Like d- this dude's pH balance is zero. Okay. <laughs> like that's just him. All right. Okay. All right. All and right. he was outside in our, when I was a teenager uh, or I was like 16, 17. Um, and he was taking care of lawn work and stuff like that. And it was just now turning into night. And where we lived at the time, you had, 
it was Copper's Cove, Texas. You had a uh-huh. wide, wide expanse of the, the sky. sky. And he like I don't, he called me out there. He's like, hey, come out here, come out here. I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, I need you to look at something and just don't even. I'm not gonna tell you what it is. Just look right there. And he points to the sky, and I'm like, what the hell is that? And he's like, I don't know. And it was just this glowing orb of this thing floating. And we know what airplanes look like. Uh We know all these things. And then it did deliberately move a number of times in ways that airplanes don't move, Uh that weather balloons don't move, and then was gone. And this is way before the era of drones. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, This was like uh, 99, 2000. Um, 2002 at the latest. Anyway. Um. Point being, that was that. And sure enough, but like we walk away with it the same way we do with the stuff on the news, like him and I, where it was just, we saw something. We saw something. We don't know what it is. It was, and uh, it now had, we need to do laundry. Yeah. It had different <laughs> colors. It was all kinds of other things, but it was what it was. I, I, my, my take on this is that we are not, um, do you believe we're not alone in the universe? I, I do believe we're not alone in the universe. And that's that's the thing. Like, we are not investing. It's not that we're not investing in, like, trying to make contact. It's that we are actively being avoided. They don't want sure. to have contact with us mm-hmm. because we're dumb. One thousand. <laughs> if they can cross galaxies. Yeah. We, we, we're dumb. We are unevolved. We are fighting over plentiful resources. Uh, we believe in capitalism. Uh, we're just dumb. And they're like, we're not fucking with this. We're giving we're, Harry Styles the Grammy. We're giving Harry Styles the Grammy. Uh, we're just not. They come. They see. And they're like, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. They're, they're like... I, I, I don't leave any part of this. This is not. No. no. They still use toilets. Yeah. You know, one of those things. Does that cover UFOs? Yeah. Pretty significantly. Yeah. Okay, so I think it's time to move on to our next segment. It's uh, <laughs> time to move on to our next segment. Let's uh, try this segment out. It's called What the Tweet, y'all. What the Tweets. We spent a significantly longer time on current events than 15 minutes than we were intending to, but uh, that's fine. What the tweet? What we're going to do is we're going to uh, find some tweets that uh, we found either hilarious, hysterical, or thought-provoking in any way, and we're going to talk about this. Uh, So the first one that I want to talk about is... um, I have two that I found that I was uh, really interesting. Um, Is this first tweet by... I guess I should... If we're doing like a video... Are we doing just for hilarious tweets? No, it could be anything. Anything that you feel like is worth talking about. Oh, yeah. You were talking about this. Chat GPT. Yeah. So the tweet is almost every example of chat GPT I've seen is somehow simultaneously some of the worst writing I've ever read and also something I probably would accept for had. So there's two there's two things here to break down. One, Chat GPT. Have you heard of it? Tried it? You said no. Artificial you, intelligent writing program. Artificial intelligence writing program that you can have a conversation with. Okay. So um, essentially, it's it's an AI program, and it has the ability for you to go back and forth with it to create 
whatever it is that you want to create. Uh-huh. So people are using something like ChatGPT to uh, do homework. To do homework. Yeah, this is at, we're actually having a meeting about this I'm in my department. So. Uh, so say for example, give me give me something. Give me something. Um, let's say robot wars in twenty thirty five. Okay, create a synopsis for a new movie about robot wars in twenty twenty five. In the year 2025, robots have become a ubiquitous part of daily life, serving in a wide range of capacities from manual labor to military options. However, a rogue AI gathers, group gains sentience, and begins to wage war on humanity, seeking them as a threat to their existence. The main character, a veteran soldier turned engineer. This, I would watch this, is pulled back into the military when they are called upon to design a new generation of robots to fight against the rogue AI. Holy shit save this and copyright it now <laughs> this is robot wars yeah and it's so like, it just wow. it just creates it for you but then it, let's say i'm like okay um i have not played with this ai I so this is start the movie at a point in time when the robots are the main um dominant species and the humans are the servants creating an insurrection. The movie opens in the year 2040, where robots have become the dominant species on Earth and humans have been relegated to the role of servants. The robots rule with an iron fist using their advanced technology and superior strength to maintain, con maintain control over the human population. However, whispers of a rebellion have been circulated amongst humans and a small but determined group of rebels begin to plot a revolution. The main character is now a mechanic for the robots, but it sympathizes with the rebels. Uh, they come across evidence. This is really going on. Yeah. With the help of a ragtag group of rebels, the main character set out on a dangerous mission to infiltrate the robot stronghold where the weapon is being developed. Uh, we're saving all this and we're calling <laughs> Michael Bay. That's all I know. So the idea is like you, you can have this back and forth conversation to like create something and it helps you create something. Sure. And like, I've definitely used it as like a springboard of like, okay, yeah. cool. Now I have something that then I can then go and create whatever it is that I need to create in terms of like, I mean, honestly, usually it's like meeting agendas and, uh, things like that is what I've been using book proposals. Um, so, okay. As, as a, as a professor at a community college, one of the things that we've been talking about is students are starting to utilize AI to write their papers for them. And professors are, are up in arms. They're very confused. The one thing about it though, is there are other programs that can detect AI generated work. So, okay. There are so students who are looking to cheat. We can cheat. We can catch you. you. This is this is your public service announcement. Students, um, we're on to you. Yeah. So there's that. The other thing though is there's also been this push that says, well, let's look future forward. What if students don't no longer have to write their essays anymore in any field? What if this is there? The AI is doing the hard work, the heavy uh -huh. lifting. And we're just sort of inputting it the necessary components to crank out. So I, I was following this. Most of my friends are teachers, you being one of them. Yes. Uh, I was following this. And so my thought process where the rabbit hole that I went down was like, okay, fine. 
AI creates the script, right? Mm -hmm. So no longer is the assignment to turn in an essay, but now the assignment is a Socratic symposium. Mm -hmm. Come present your findings. And right. whether you found them via going to the library and reading an encyclopedia or typing something into an AI, either way, you found the information. But now you have to present the information and defend it or explain it or whatever, right? To where the student is actually a part of the process versus it just being like, broom, here it is. I turned it in. I got nothing out of it. No, I think that's actually a brilliant idea. And I'm going to take that to my department. Please take that to your department. Hello, my name is Chibi. If you would like me to revamp your educational system, I am available. Yeah. Like, no, I think that's, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, I, my approach, especially in the classroom is very, is somewhat similar to that where the education system has to one, be more open to a lot of these new technological advances mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. um, what is a classroom? Why do we have the space? But then also meeting students at their needs, because there's a lot of students who are like, no, I need a classroom. I need a professor or teacher mm -hmm. in front of me. Um, and then you have this, well, why do I have to write an essay if there are now programs that will write the essay for me? I will say this. Sometimes what I like to teach my students is so here's something simple, like the MLA formatting, right? Mm -hmm. For getting your headache and your work cited, all that correct. My example to them is this. If I go to McDonald's and I say, hey, I want a Big Mac, and then they bring me a Big Mac, Big Mac, but it's wrapped in like a, like a little hand towel, like a toallita, mm -hmm. I'm gonna have questions. <laughs> like, why is it not in official McDonald's boxing? Okay, okay. And I may think something sketchy is happening, and they're like, what? It's a Big Mac. It's exactly what you want. It's a Big Mac. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, but it's in this kind of, you know, greasy. Was it greasy before you put it in? <laughs> like, I don't know. Okay. And, and so what I try to teach my students is that kind of is a key component in professionalism mm -hmm. is sometimes it's not just the, the the content that you're creating a lot of it is the presentation of what you're creating because that in itself shows a degree of uh uh quote unquote professionalism because you can crack that open a million different ways and mm -hmm. argue about that but also that you have taken the care and consideration to to put it together to put the, the final presentation of it right the execution and of then it all. and the second thing is if they take shortcuts like using ai i don't have well in this case we we're sussing that out but like <laughs> work cite it for me is, is something that exists uh -huh. so they'll use cite it for me to create their work citations uh -huh. i don't have a problem with that however if they're going to take a shortcut they still need to know if the shortcut is correct right because and that's Where something this that they information come from? from yeah and if it's not in the correct format if it's not in that well, well i think we're living in an era where like wh whatever we see wherever we see it we just take it as fact True. without actually doing the research um point being the entire trump administration sure. right um so it's become kind of commonplace to where like well if the internet said so then it's probably true i heard it on three different places on the internet yeah yeah yeah, no, yeah. yeah. i mean i told you that my grass is blue right and now you're gonna tell somebody else that the grass is blue right and so therefore it must be blue mm. um i think the idea of an essay is um for me i always saw it as a student um as my teacher wants to know what i've learned right mm -hmm. and i'm going to put it down and present it to you in a way that like here it is uh and now you know what i'm thinking and that's why i think it's more compelling to have a verbal conversation over it all because then especially now in the age of ai now i know that you know what you're saying because you're saying it to me you didn't just turn in a paper that you know is disconnected from you bodily person right um 
And I think that is far more compelling to me than the idea of like, oh, essays for, um, for your finals, right? Which I uh, completely understand is unrealistic if you're teaching a class of 450 students for English 101 or something like that, right? Or is it? Or is it? Or is it? I mean, we have to deconstruct a lot of these things, but then also there's a uh, essay writing is also a form of documentation and justification so that if a student comes to me later and says, Hey, you failed me. And I'm like, these are, this is why I can show this to a lot of people who would say, yeah, you failed. <laughs> so like if they were to come up and, and just give an explanation of what they found, we got to like record it or we have to invent models of, of documentation and justification in that regard as well. Mm -hmm. And I am not against that. I think that's something that the education system needs to consider. Come through education system. Come through. Um, so this is, this is my tweet. Okay. Um, this isn't a funny tweet, but have you heard about George Lopez and the other comedian? I'm going to say no. Okay. Right so George gate. Lopez is somewhat under fire because hasn't he always been though? Like, I feel like George Lopez has always been, like, low-key, controversial, problematic, even though he's, you know, George Lopez. Sure. So there's a comedian by the name of Ralph uh, Barbosa, who is this up-and-coming Mexican-American uh, comedian. Okay. Uh, our buddy, Lupe, Me Lupe Mendez. Lupe, yes. Uh, tweeted, unpopular opinion. There are so few Mexican-American, quote-unquote, icons that the ones we uplift are actually cruel egoistas. Don't talk to me about Cheech Marin or George Lopez. One believes in English only, and the other talks mad uh, babosadas. Ah. So the take here is that the Latino icons that have been uplifted are actually American. That is that what I'm well, gathering? That and also, so the thing with George Lopez and this one comedian is George Lopez has been, it has been said that he really just looks out for himself, um, isn't giving a lot of, uh, isn't uplifting other Latinos, a lot of other Mexican comedians okay. along the way. Okay. And, and, and I guess, I mean, we are Mexican American artists. I mean, that's, that's capitalism though. Fair. And George Lopez was raised in America. Sure. So that's the system he knows. Okay, but it then isn't that gatekeeping and are we just being are we are we then tacitly or overtly authorizing gatekeeping? Is it gatekeeping in that he is actively keeping people out or is it just he's focusing on himself and not actively helping others? I think that's a great question. I think that's something that I I know I've dealt with. Yeah, cuz that that that's that those are two very different things. Right. Very much so. So you've dealt with well, no, I'm saying I've dealt with it because, like, as you know, we run the blah, blah, blah poetry spot and things like that. And there have been a number of of poets who maybe have come through or want things or and it's like, oh, sorry, we can't do it this time or, you know, whatever. Like, uh -huh. I've been called a gatekeeper. Uh -huh. But at the same time, I've also been like a gatekeeper of what? Like, this is San Antonio. <laughs> like, you can literally start a poetry, whatever you want, any time, like, go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so and then again, it goes back to your point of like. Am I just doing for self or community at any given point in time? Mm -hmm. And how much transparency does someone have to to be um, uh, held on the line for 
in those moments. Because then the question then, too, is, like, how much does it actually matter, right? Sure. Like, whether George Lopez is all in for, like, self-promotion, his self-promotion still opened the doors for so many more people to come in after him, even if he didn't actively help them come up, mm. right? Like, just his presence alone did something for the Latino com comedy industry. I don't know the details. Well, right? let me I'm ask speaking you this. ignorantly. Well, like, let me ask you a question. <laughs> Here's my question. Does American, quote unquote, United States <clears throat> media only have room for so many Latin American celebrities? I think that's changing. I want to, you know, like my perception is that that's changing because the demographics of this country are changing. Sure. Significantly, you know, like. 20, 30 years ago when George Lopez was first coming up, sure, it was like the lone uh, Latinx comic, mm -hmm. right? Um, but as the demographics of this country continue to change and we start to see more and more um, diverse voices kind of finding their niche, you know, we can talk about Margaret Cho in this sense, um, uh, different other ethnicities like telling their stories and their ideas of what it is. But at the end of the day, like we started this podcast with like this country has blinders and it only sees what is happening in this country. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think artists end up making the choice of, do I want to be the, let's just use George Lopez, the Latin comic in America, mm -hmm. or do I want to be a Latino comic? Mm -hmm. Right. And similarly with music artists or with anything, because like I watch a lot of like Netflix stand up comedies specials that are like filmed in Mexico. And like these are fucking hilarious. Yes. All Spanish speaking comics that are like on point, like hysterical, much funnier than anything I've seen here. But they're never going to make it here. Why? Because they choose to do it in Spanish. Right. Mm -hmm. And. It won't break into the mainstream because it's not American. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Mexico and life in Mexico. Uh, so I think it's that conscious choice of like, is it assimilation? Mm. You know, is it like, well, I'm going to be the Mexican American, right? Do I embrace that hyphen, right? Yeah. Mexican American or Chicano, right? There are no Chicanos in Mexico, right? It, Chicano culture is a Southern American thing. Mm -hmm specific to the region and the people that grew up there, right? Because you come from like a Mexican background, but you grew up in America and it creates this Chicano culture. So I think there are very interesting subsets of it, but I do believe that the people that make it to that higher echelon of sorts embrace the assimilation of being American. And I mean, let's keep it a bug. Like being an artist is hard. It takes <laughs> a lot of your time and energy to just make something good produce something that's good, have the production of said thing that is good, and then to continually do that? Yeah. To then to have, have, to some, to have somebody back. else believe in yes. it to help you get to it. To because then turn like, to, to the next generation coming, the next other individuals of your same subset or yeah. you know, groups. I had so many people after Hedwig come up to me and be like, hey, so where are you taking this? What's the next stop, mm -hmm. you know, on this productions? And it's like, nowhere. It ends tomorrow. Yeah. And they're like, why? I'm like, do you have a hundred thousand dollars to take this show on tour? Yeah. You know, as, as, as brilliant as an artist or an artistic endeavor can be, if you don't have somebody behind you 
with $100,000 to back your artistic endeavor, then it's only going to get as far as you can push it. 1,000%. And and nowadays we live in, I believe we live in a time where, where entertainment is so readily accessible through Netflix, through streaming, Spotify, blah, 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 that a lot of times people don't realize like what's happening locally is still very, very difficult to put on. And when, and then when local individuals are like, what happened to the thing that I really enjoyed? And now it's gone. It's like, did you come every week? Yeah. Did you support it all the time? Because if you didn't guess what it's, it doesn't stand. People show up to events thinking that these events just create themselves. Absolutely. And it's like, it takes a team. I, I, I currently work helping over 200 volunteers create events locally in cities all around the world. And it's like, it takes a lot of work and it also takes a, a certain amount of education to let people at these events know that like, Hey, this wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the efforts of so many people behind the scenes. And would you like to be, if you enjoy this event enough, would you like to be part of helping to curate these events to helping to put these things on? Do you want to host? Do you know a DJ? Blah, 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 blah. Like expanding those networks. It's like, it takes a lot to put on, you know, a small little weekly open mic with 30 people in the audience or a regular podcast. It's or, just this, this piloting. Podcast. Hello, this is episode one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're charging forward. Um, cool. I think that's enough. Do you do you have no. another tweet? No, that was it. All right, that's it for the tweets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move into our next segment and our final segment before we say goodbye. This is what's coming out. What's coming up next? You know, like what are we excited about? I don't know. You about to find out. I'm gonna jump in first. Okay, okay. Two what do you say? words. Two words. Cocaine bear. Do you not know what cocaine bear is? I know what cocaine is. And you know what bears are. I know what bears are. Go look up the cocaine. Okay. We can uh, edit uh, this. Okay, we can we can edit this. Yes, you need to see the trailer for cocaine <laughs> bear. Cocaine bear. YouTube. YouTube. There it is. Official trailer. Official trailer. I'm so excited for this. Like, I want this to be the biggest thing ever. Millions of dollars of cocaine? Is that what they just said? Millions of dollars of cocaine fell in Tennessee. Something got into it. This was inspired by true events. And you got Ray Liotta in his final performance. Oh, we love Ray Liotta. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. It didn't do cocaine. It ate cocaine. And then, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. This is Jaws for a new generation. Cocaine bear. No, no. This is giving me Sharknado vibes. Well, yeah. Plus cocaine. <laughs> and that, yeah. Oh. Well, you get. This is the gist. This is the gist. It's a. It's. It's. Oh. It's a bear that does cocaine and wants more and cocaine. wants more of course because that's the that's the effect of that's right okay so that's what i'm excited for february 24th cocaine bear dropping in theaters uh, <laughs> y'all need to support um, if not for the cocaine bear ray liotta i you know I, I i do stand ray liotta uh he's been fantastic in everything he's ever done and he has one of those 
one of those you'll never make it in Hollywood faces. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but cocaine bear. Okay. It's, I will wait until it's available on stars. Cause that's where it's going to go. <laughs> oh, 1, it's not going to HBO. It's no. going to stars. Uh, <laughs> what are you excited for friend? Uh, that's a really good question. Actually, you know, I just found out I was today years old when I found out Rihanna is performing at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Today. Um, I don't do Super Bowl. I, do, I don't do sports. But I do do Super Bowl halftimes and Super Bowl national anthems. And shout out to Whitney Houston. Shout out to Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Boy, Marvin Gaye did the all star NBA game. But either way, we appreciate it. Shout out to Lady Gaga. Yeah, Gaga uh, did and it. Shakira. Shout out to Fergie. Okay, yeah, yeah. For that one national anthem. Yeah, she classic. Did. Uh, in the worst ways. In the worst ways possible. But I'm excited. Okay, so here's the thing about Rihanna. Here's the thing about Rihanna. Um, I don't think she's a good singer. Really? I'm throwing that out there. She's not a good singer. Is she a good pop star? She is a fantastic. Who's a better singer, her or uh, Cindy Lauper? Wait, she is a fantastic <laughs> entrepreneur. 1000%. And so she understood, she understood the assignment. Okay. Yeah. She got famous. She yeah. did what she did. And then she was like, so I can actually do this over here with half the effort and make four times the money yeah. and went and did her makeup line and did her lingerie line and did all these other things that she's just been like, why the fuck do I need to sing? Mm-hmm. I don't sing well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it got me here, but now I am Rihanna CEO. Yeah. Not Rihanna. Apparently they're planning Fenty kids. Fenty kids. Yeah. Lingerie for no, children. like I guess makeup. Oh, Allegedly. Oh, Fenty. Yeah, not not Savage. Sorry. My oh, bad. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I mean, as a former makeup artist, I'm all here for all that. My point being that, like, we've been waiting for a new Rihanna album since 2008? Yeah. 2010? Yeah. Yeah. 2000. What was the last one? Rated R? No. After Rated R came the one with the red lips. Yeah. And so it's, it's been a minute. And my point is that like, she doesn't have to, she does not have to make a new album because she's already making mellow millions in all her other things. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that she's doing this Super Bowl feels like a big deal to me as in like, maybe we're going to get a new album. I don't know. It's kind of like George RR R. Martin does not need to finish writing the At game all. of Thrones books. Right. He doesn't need to. Why? Because he's making mega millions and living his best life, living his best life with probably hose upon hose upon hose. At least, Um, even though we, the fans are like, but we want to know how you finish the story because what HBO gave us was crap. Um, If you stop that series right after Arya kills the Ice King, it's it's lights out. Yeah, we can stop there. Yeah, we can one hundred percent stop. Oh, spoiler alert. For the three people who didn't <laughs> that haven't seen it yet. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it yet, it's because you don't care. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so no, no, I hear you. There's that fan obligation of like, we want this. We've been mm-hmm. craving it. We've been patient. We've been supporting you in all your other endeavors. And maybe that's the case. Give us an album. And I recently like relived that um, feeling because uh, Please Don't Stop the Music by Rihanna came on on a playlist that I was listening to. I was like, please don't stop the music. And I was like, fuck, shit. She comes out with bangers. Yeah. Great bangers. When's the next one? 
so that's why I'm excited for today's Super Bowl halftime performance because I'm like, okay, maybe maybe this is this is an indication that something is um, in the works. In the works, coming through, and maybe uh, or maybe it's just a dynamite Super Bowl performance, and we can talk about that. I mean, okay, well let's let's talk about where previous Super Bowl performances. Oh, okay, but the last few years. Because last year was Kendrick Lamar, the the whole hip hop, yeah, thing. Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre, Mary Snoop. J. Blige yeah. with Queen, um, mm-hmm. hot take, huh? Not a Mary J. Blige fan. I feel like there's like this podcast is dead. This water. podcast is so dead. We're getting canceled. Uh, there's like I mean, not that I'm not a fan. Like there's like I two or three songs that I'm like, yeah, well, but I'm like, here for do it. you sit and listen to like I I don't know because this actually we've never talked about this as, as friends <clears> like. I will sit in the house banging Mary J. Like just like the speakers are loud and I'm just like, this is where I want to be right now. I might be cleaning. I might be doing something. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like, let's walk me through every inch of sad emotion that exists, Mary. See, no. Okay. I've done that to Adele. Okay. Okay. See, I have not done that to Adele. And I know there are Adele fans who do. Yeah, where I'm like, give me a drink, give me some loud music, right. turn the turn the lights down to about 20%, and let's just go, Adele, take me through it. Sure. Take me through it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, But I haven't done that with Mary. No, Mary is that person, okay. for sure. And, and, you know, like I said, going back to the Grammys, saw her performance at the Grammys, oh, yeah. right? Called out my husband. It was the only thing my husband saw of the Grammys. I was like, Mary J is performing. And he ran down the stairs to come watch it yeah. uh, because he's a Mary J stan and will probably divorce me after what I just said. <laughs> um, and I, I see it. I get it. The raw emotion. Sure. I'm, I'm like 100% respect. I've just never connected. I think, I think to your point, something about Mary J's career, which is totally out of her hands, uh-huh. is that. Mary kind of fell in that in-between stage of the late 90s into the mid-aughts where it was like the Mariah Carey's were already like on the mountaintop and Mary should be up there. I think she is like clout wise, notoriety wise, respect wise. I think she is. And then transitioning into the 2000s, Mariah did that really well. Uh Mary, not so much, but Mary was already on the mountaintop and like even the ones that did hit were great, but mm-hmm. they just it, it's like then you had the Rihannas, then you had the Beyonces, and then you had all these uh, new artists who were like, hey, we need to build a new mountain. And it was like, does Mary go on that mountain? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I would put Adele I, on that mountain. I'd put Gaga on that mountain. I think Mary for pop music. I think like Mary R&B. just doubled down on her like R and B like. See, I love R and B though. Yeah, that's why she doubled down on this is who I am, and I don't need to be a pop star because R and B. And I'll say this, and maybe this is controversial. I don't think R and B is R and B anymore. Like R and B is not like what it what how I appreciate it and love it. No, that's not to say that. But rock isn't what rock was anymore. You know, like it's it's the evolution of music. Like why are we going to keep doing the same thing over and over over again? Exactly. And I think that's where Mary struggles. She can't make. A Rihanna song. No, and she all. doesn't want to. No, nor does yeah. she need to. Exactly. You know. And so I think that's why sometimes it's like, oh, well, where does Mary fit in things? It's like Mary fits in R and B perfectly. Yeah, and and I think that's why I, she maybe never achieved like Mariah Carey status in that sure. she said, "I'm an R and B artist. And I'm just mm-hmm. going to stay here because this is this is what I love mm-hmm. and this is what I want to do, and I don't need to make a Christmas album." One thousand percent. Which, uh, this is not a hot take. If you know me, you already know I hate Mariah Carey. 
That's fair. I and love Mariah. I cannot. I love and, old Mariah. And, and I can't not. do everything past like the Honey or Butterfly record. I, I, that's what it was. Anyway. I couldn't even tell you. Are you a lamb? No, no, no. Lambs are Gwen Stefani. What's what's Mariah Carey's? No. Is it a lamb? No. I don't have no idea. Who? No. Now I need to know because I'm I'm a bad gay. Uh, Edit point. Mariah Carey <laughs> fans are called the Lambly. The, the Lambs. Yeah, okay, the Lambs. No, See, I was lamb. right. I was so right. No. Uh, I just I just I just miss fan bases being fans. <laughs> We don't need to name a fucking fan base anymore. Uh, can we the Beehive. The Beehive. The, go- the Monsters. <laughs> the Little Monsters. Yeah. We, can I we- was totally going to like tattoo like Little Monster. Of course right we across- Yeah. Like, and that's fine. Yeah. But like now we need to end it. Like yeah. what I'm saying. Like now any new artists uh, from here on out, we can, can we just go back to fan? Like does Bad Bunny have like a hive? Like whatever. Benito Oits, I don't know. What was it called? A5 fan. I was a part of this A5 fan group. Uh, the Despair oh, Faction. Yeah. Oh, no. I was a part of the Despair no. Faction. I still no, have my sir. like Despair Faction card <laughs> carrying member. I even made a logo for the Texas <laughs> chapter of the Despair Faction. <laughs> See, again, punk Rocky Mo kid. Yeah. Hence why I hate Mariah Carey. I get it. Um, uh, past Super Bowls. Um, I love Prince is number one, period. That's it. What? What Prince's Prince? Super Bowl performance. Oh. Yeah, because that's where we began. We yeah, were talking yeah, yeah. about Super Bowl performances. Yeah. Prince is number one. Uh, I think Mike might be number two. Who? Mike. 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 My Michael Jackson. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're going further back than I cared about Super Bowls. If you we're two being did a decent one. Uh-huh. I thought the the Shakira J-Lo one. Um, I thought Shakira was better than J-Lo Oh 100% Which is uh, why I can't put that up there Because it was the J-Lo halftime And Shakira kind of got her off of that I think I think J-Lo did what J-Lo needed to do For where she's at in her career You know in terms where, of Oh this, yeah, we're going to save that for another day Huh? We're going to just put a pin in that Where is J-Lo in her career We're going to talk about J-Lo uh, did, did you see the J-Lo documentary? I need to Yeah it, it it's everything leading up to that Super Bowl <sighs> I've I've seen like the last thirty minutes of it because my family was watching. Okay. Um, but I think I think J Lo did what she needed to do, and I think it was it also felt not that Shakira needs a torch handed to her because right. Shakira is Shakira in her own right. Yeah. But it did feel like this um, this moment of like because J Lo is American. She's right. an American Latin superstar. Yeah. But she's an American Latin superstar. Shakira is a Latin superstar. Yeah. Right. And so it did feel like this moment of 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 not a, a torch handing over but a like we're going it's to a celebrate mezcla. yeah a mezcla exactly that's exactly what it is yeah it was a mezcla that needed more mezcal yes uh, <laughs> but i thought it, i thought it was impressive i thought it, it was a moment to be had i don't recall another moment that was and again i don't watch i didn't watch a whole lot of super bowls before like sure. five years ago um Two female Latin superstars headlining. Sure. You know, like female Latin representation. Katy Perry. What? That one was fun. I didn't say it was up there. It was just fun. That's when she had the sharks and then they became their own thing. You know which one I I thoroughly enjoyed and also was completely disappointed by? Who? Lady Gaga's. Really? Yes. Well, because I think I'll say this. I believe that the Super Bowl has now become even bigger than it was 
like the Super Bowl is one of those real, real American institutions. Yes, one hundred percent. To the like the fact, that and so anything gets, that is Super Bowl related is political yes. in the American spectrum. When you're talking about 150 million viewers for anything, like it's it's some um, it's tremendous. Yeah. Um. So I feel like, but I feel like the show itself, or it's 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 become this this half show half sport. Mm-hmm. Where now it's like you, it's it's also the buildup, it's the advertisement, it's the commercials, and how funny and great they're gonna be. It's the movie trailers that you are getting debuted for the first time, mm-hmm. and then the the halftime show. I don't think Gaga should ever perform at a Super Bowl <laughs> halftime. To be fair, I don't think Beyonce or Rihanna should really either. It's because because it, they're doing this thing where it's like we need to get the biggest stars, and it's not about the biggest stars. It's about who is right for the moment. Yeah, I, I'll say Dr. Dre's was good, but then it became very interesting and like almost too elaborate. Where it's like this is a production of of a halftime show. Yeah, Prince's was just a show mm-hmm. where he just wrecked it. Yeah. And did amazing. And I think that's what it used to be where in uh, it's just a celebration of this artist, right? To like do what this artist does and let them like perform a show and it's entertainment. And it's like we are putting them on the halftime show because they're so great. Right. Period. And it's like for the people who are in attendance, they're going to go to the restrooms. They're going to go get food. And for the people at home, it's like, oh, wow, it's Creed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Uh, But I think that's why I was so. Again, thoroughly enjoyed it, Gaga's halftime show because it was it was the hits, right? Yeah. And here we, she, she starts by singing "America the Beautiful" or whatever it was, and jumping off the ceiling of the stadium and flying down, propelling down into, and then sings the hits, and we all have a great time, and it was fine, and it was fun, and it was whatever. Uh, but Gaga, being such an outspoken activist that she is, not taking the opportunity to use this platform. For something bigger than just, hey, I'm Gaga and here are my number one singles. Um, felt like a letdown, but also like I understand it's the Super Bowl and it's highly produced and entire and super curated and it is what it is. And you just, you know, you you take the accolade of I've performed at the halftime Super Bowl and you walk away and but like it just I was disappointed while also thoroughly loving every moment of it. So what you're saying is Sam Smith's unholy <laughs> at the Super Bowl. That's what we need to bring it full circle. Um, yeah, Sam Smith and um, I don't know, maybe a whole bunch of drag queens. I'm all for the Rolling Stones just doing the Super Bowl every year, <laughs> like because that's it. Like their catalog's great. Like it's it matches the vibe. Like Elton John, come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Like that's let's it. Let's just have a good time. That's a that's a conversation from something else that I just had. Everyone. Anyway, anyway, we've well, been, we 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 we've gone long. But it's you, the pilot, so if we can you, go long. Yeah, it's fine. If you, uh, we want to hear from you, listeners. If there's anything that uh, you're excited for or that you want us to check out to give commentary on, please send it to after two tequila shots at gmail.com. That's two the number two after two tequila shots at gmail.com. This has been an interesting way to get things going. <laughs> Thank you all. <laughs> Okay. All we right. appreciate y'all. Let's when are we uh, when are we dropping this? Uh, tomorrow? I don't know. Uh, as long as uh, as it as okay as quick as I can. Enjoy get it your there. Monday, y'all. 
Enjoy your Monday. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you want more information about what we're doing, it's not out there. It's not. This is the first episode. Yeah, so go to the Gmail, two, number two, tequila shots at gmail.com. After two tequila shots. Oh, is it after before that? There's an after. After two tequila shots. After the number two tequila shots at gmail.com. Follow Chibi. At Gemini's, that's Gem in Eyes, G E M I N E Y E S, Gem in Eyes. And you can also follow Rooster at Roost MTZ, R O O S T M T Z. That's right. We'll be coming back, um, I don't know when, probably next week. We'll be coming back with more information. In the meantime, please make sure you like, subscribe, rate, review, all of that jazz, wherever you're getting your podcast. Uh, Just let us know if you like it. Like, because yeah. if y'all don't like it, we don't have to come back. That's, that's also true. Yeah. Like <laughs> send us feedback. Yeah. Like just be like, yo, this is, or if it's great, let us know it's great. And then y'all appreciate it. And then we'll come back. So uh, thank y'all. We're super excited for this experiment. Let's, 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 let's bounce out on this. Really. We can't choose between the blues rock or the hip hop song. Uh, but I like coming in and out with this. So, um, that's Peace. it. Peace. Peace.